Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. Hello, our friends of the Landlord Diaries. We are so proud to just be telling so many powerful Furnish Finder host stories around the country. And guess what? I don't think we're going to run out of stories. It's amazing. Like there's over 250,000 properties on Furnish Finder and hosts behind each one of those properties. So it's your host, Kelly Bailey of the Landlord Diaries coming to you from the Austin, Texas area. And my co-host, our marketing director, Katie Lyon in the Denver area. We both love the midterm rental strategy and coming to you from both the Furnish Finder and the landlord perspective. And we have um, a really special guest today that is changing the way you look at accessibility. Katie, tell us your favorites about this episode. Yeah, we get to talk with Lorraine, and Lorraine is the CEO of Becoming Rentable, where she focuses on all things accessibility and making rentals for people with disabilities. Um, And it was just very eye-opening, and she has some very inspiring stories. We also circle back to the common question as soon as we talk about accessibility, which is, what can I do to my property? How do I know where to start? How do I know the best practices? So we answer all of those questions and we just listen to her heart and and some really inspiring moments that she has had as a landlord. So I know everyone is going to enjoy it. So here we go. Today, we have the privilege to talk with Lorraine Woodward, a host on Furnish Finder, who would like to share with us her personal journey through muscular dystrophy and hosting families through end-of-life care. As founder of Becoming Rentable, a furnished rental listing platform designed specifically for travelers with accessibility needs, Lorraine is making huge waves in educating others about the need for affordable, accessible housing. I hope we all leave today's episode with a better understanding of how to be more prepared for our travelers with disability and accessibility needs. Lorraine, thank you so much for taking time to share your story today. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. And you know, I'd love to start off with some, I know you write blogs and educate uh, on the accessibility needs around for short-term and mid-term rental um, housing around the country. What are some of those statistics uh, for the housing related to accessibility needs? You know, they're horrible, honestly. (laughs) There's not a lot. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. They, um, you know, we have, you know, over 1.3 million, you know, short-term rentals and um, even more with our um, other rentals, but yet less than 0.01% are accessible. So if we're looking at over one and a half million properties, that equals 1,500 properties. I mean, that's just unacceptable here in 2023. Yeah, that's that's a tough number. And I think you're helping platforms across the, the nation really 
improve their accessibility. Tell us about that. You know, we hope to. Um, that's that's what we're, our mission is to create a social change. And, you know, the, the biggest challenge is education and getting information. You know, I have muscular dystrophy. I have two boys with MD. This has been a way of life. But if, if disability is not a part of your life through your own experience, through friends or family, you may not understand it. Right. So what we're doing is trying to provide that information. But we're also looking at historically accessibility, you know, in the area of um, rentals has really looked at only wheelchair access. And hey, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm all about that. But I have friends who use walkers. I have friends that have autism and intellectual disabilities. And, you know, I'm aging. I'm age appropriate. And so um, we've expanded what it looks like to have an accessible short-term rental beyond the wheelchair. So we're looking at mobility, which is our wheelchairs, our walkers, our canes and crutches, and then cognitive issues. And that is autism, dementia, um, um, Alzheimer's, um, it's developmental disabilities, and then our vision and hearing, and lastly, our aging population. And so we're really trying to expand and not limit it, but also provide education. A lot of people in this rental industry are not aware of what makes an accessible property. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to share. So Lorraine, tell us, tell us a little bit more about your personal story, because I feel like clearly that's something that led you directly to the position that you're in now and working on such an important mission. Um, tell us more about your story and how you ended up having such a strong passion for accessible rentals. Sure, sure. You know, like I said, I I was diagnosed at two with muscular dystrophy. It's been a way of life for me. So, you know, I, I think it's harder for people who have a later onset of a disability because you have a change. Right. I don't have that change. I've never climbed steps. I've never gotten off the floor, you know, so I don't miss it. And then I have two boys that have muscular dystrophy. They're now 26 and 28. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And um, so watching their journey. And, um, you know, we, we tried all the different kinds of vacations. We did the Disney. We did a lot of different things. And, you know, imagine yourself. You have one van for us. It's an accessible van. Four people, three scooters, luggage, and our snacks. You know, we can't forget those. You know, piling in and then trying to find a place that mom can get up, the boys can get up. Oh, my gosh. It was exhausting. And then, you know, for my husband, it was even more exhausting because he'd hear you know, hey, Robert, can you lift me off the toilet? Dad, can you help me with this? Hey, Robert, I need this. And so it was never like a real vacation for him uh, because we're constantly, and you know, even at Disney, um, their buses would only allow two wheelchairs at a time. So we had to divide and conquer. So, you know, one would go first and then the next time the other one would get to go first, we'd have to go and find each other. So it's not like we could all travel together. So finally we stopped traveling. You know, it was just too hard. And I turned 60 um, a couple of years ago. I'm very proud of it, but I did. <laughs> and um, I'm like, okay, well, we ended up, let me backtrack a little bit. We ended up building an accessible short-term rental um, and vacation place because when the boys graduated high school, I, I didn't want them to have their future um, without vacations. That That's a really important part of life in life experiences. 
So three hours from where we live in Raleigh, North Carolina, we built a place at Carolina Beach. So we had a place to, to vacation and get away. But what my biggest surprise was when I turned 60, I'm out in the driveway. I have my legs out. I'm looking at the sky. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm turning 60. What am I going to do? And it's like, what brings you joy, happiness? And it's like, I mm-hmm. love my renters. I love them. They, uh-huh. I do. I love my renters. They appreciate the rental. They realize how hard it is to find. And over 400 families have stayed at our place. And I, it is. And it's like, I want to do something that I can continue to make a difference. So that's when I turned 60 that I decided to create Becoming Rentable. Um, and again, look at how can we... Uh, create a change in this industry. And I didn't realize we started out as a TV show. And maybe one day we'll go there, but I know we did. Um, But as we started our research and getting validation, we did a a survey. Um, One of my neighbors at the beach was an adjunct professor at Harvard. And um, I said, you know, Kelsey, I really believe that what we're doing is what the need is, but we need validation. It can't just be from my 400 renters and our family experience. So we ended up creating this tool, but I knew it had to go out to the masses. So we started working with Muscular Dystrophy Association, Easter Seals, United Cerebral Palsy, National Disability Groups. And that's when we kind of had our aha moment mm-hmm. about, wait a minute, um, this is much broader than, than wheelchair um, access. And then the second thing was, as we were looking at this social change, you know, I, everybody wanted a list, Lorraine, what are those 10 things that make a property accessible? So I reached out to a gentleman in London. His name is Seren. Seren and um, a colleague of his started a company called Accommodable. They were ultimately bought by Airbnb and they were the first company in Europe that identified wheelchair accessible short-term rentals in the rental market. Okay. And, um, and so I said, Seren, what are your must-haves? He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, you know, he goes, well, what are yours? And I said, well, I want a wheel under bathroom sink. And he's like, why? And I said, mm. because when I brush my teeth, I drool. And I want my spit to go into the, you know, the yeah. sink. I don't want it all over me. And he goes, well, I don't picture. need that. And, um, and I'm like, what do you mean you don't need that? And he's like, well, no. He, he said, I can turn my chair around the seat. He drives up it sideways, turns his chair around, brushes his teeth or spits, or he's mastered the side spit. Okay. And he goes, well, that's not important to me. And then I got it. It's like, wait a minute. What's accessible to you may not be accessible to me. Mm-hmm. We've got to have choices. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the challenge is for a lot of landlords is A, you don't really know where to start and B, as landlords, you're thinking, okay, if I could do 10 things or if I could do five things or whatever it is, and you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Right. So then that kind of paralysis sets in and then you go, okay, well, I'll just keep it the way it is. But you're, I think you carry on, but I think the point you're getting at is absolutely correct. It was, it was that aha moment because it's like, wait a minute. So in the, in fact, on your site and on most sites that the filters are wheelchair accessible elevator. Those are common. It's like, wait a minute, what does A that mean? You know, these are what we call, you know, um, just general filters, but we need descriptive. We need specific, like 36 inch door. 
I'm a wide load. I know it. And I can go through a 32-inch door, but you're going to know that I went through that 32-inch door because there's going to be a little bit of skid marks on the side of that door frame. But there are people that have smaller wheelchairs, and 32 inches is fine for them. And so um, that that's when we, Airbnb has 13 filters. Um, they're a little more broad, but we ended up with 43 filters right now. And you're going on becoming rentable. Yeah, I'm becoming rentable. And it's because, wait a minute, not everybody needs that roll in shower. Maybe they can mm-hmm. go a step in shower. That four inches is just enough for grandma who uses a walker to step into that shower and that will meet her needs or that one step. So now it's like, wait a minute, I have one step into our rental unit. You know, well, you know what? That's great for somebody in a walker. Or you go and buy a $100 portable ramp, and now you're wheelchair accessible right. so that you can do that. And so we've really broadened it so that the individual is the one that determines what's accessible to them. You as a property owner, you as a company are not making that. The individual is. And that's the key to the choices. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to furnishedfinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. Hey, and everybody listening, um, Lorraine has some amazing blogs uh, because one of the main focuses is education, right? So I'll tag them in the show notes, but some some of her blogs are like the top 10 uh, cost affordable ways to make your home more accessible. And one of the things you point out is as simple as when you're taking the pictures, if you do have one of those homes that you can check the box on being wheelchair accessible, well, don't only take a picture in the bathroom with the shower curtain shut, take a picture (laughs) with it open as well so that, you know, those with accessibility needs can see what they're, what they're working with and ask further questions. Right. I'm so impressed you went and looked at our blogs. I I did. Yes. My favorite photographs that we see are those from the waist up. And it's like, but wait a minute, I'm looking at the floor. I need to see what I'm rolling on or somebody that's visually impaired. You know, somebody's looking at, you know, all right, how can Jim navigate this space? So, and put it in your descriptions. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think it's very important because the word accessible, you know, it, that pertains to so many different categories of different abilities where you're right. The only way to accurately find a good match with a tenant who's looking for some different accommodations is to really describe and really photograph what you have. And you don't have to have the right accessibility for everyone and everyone's types of needs. That would be really, really, really difficult, but just showing accurately what you have and adding in a few here and there so that you are being more inclusive and giving those people with different needs some more options. So Lorraine, we already have heard so many great tips. I think that 
just the education side is going to really uh, inspire a lot of our listeners today. And I want to continue to inspire those guest stories. And I know that you personally have, uh, you know, been in the short term uh, rental business for 10 years. And you're also a host on Furnish Finder with this adorable yellow house. And you rent out a room in your own house at times. So tell, uh, tell your stories of who with uh, who is staying in your homes with accessibility needs and how you've just impacted their life immensely through just having that accessibility. Okay. Well, um, like I said, I have two boys. And so there's three men in the house and one woman. And uh, my husband um, in his job was traveling a whole lot. And with three of us with muscular dystrophy, it was really uncomfortable at a time. I'm high maintenance, you know, I, I need a lot of help. And add on that, the attitudes of males in my house is like, I really need some, you know, women. Um, not that we were exclusive, but we ended up um, uh, uh, offering a suite that we had uh, um, in our house uh, on Furnished Finders and met some of the most amazing women who we're still friends with. One lady already has, she now has two, she's married, has two children. Um, and I just, we, we love them. We've built these long relationships with them. After COVID though, that kind of stopped. Um, but it didn't, it, it did not continue the relationship we have with furnished finders. In fact, um, one of my favorite stories is one that's recently happened. A family in Conway, Arkansas. Yes, we have a house in Conway, Arkansas. It's where I grew up. And, uh, we built this, this property as an example of education that is fully accessible for people with mobility, vision, cognitive, hearing, and our aging. And so um, we have it posted on your site and a family reached out to us and um, Hope's um, dad was diagnosed with a very progressive form of cancer Mm. and their personal home was not accessible. And so they were looking at a place where they could bring in hospice, bring in a hospital bed. And so she found us on, on your site and said, hey, Lorraine, you know, we don't know how long we're going to need the property. The doctor said four months. Um, could we bring in hospice and get have them bring in a hospital bed? Are you open to that? And I'm like, well, the good news is you don't have to worry about bringing a hospital bed. We have one yet. We have two. Oh. And she's like, yeah. And, um, and then I said, and we have the wheel and shower and we have a Hoyer lift. And she's like, what? And um, we have grab bars. And they were floored. And so they, uh, and we had the availability. So they came in, they didn't have to worry about logistically, you know, how are they going to move um, everything in their house, mm-hmm. why they want to spend some precious time with their dad. You know, it was just that they just couldn't do it. So they ended up renting the little yellow house and they got to spend, he ended up passing away after 13 days. And in those 13 days, the dog was on the bed right next to him. Um, Mom and the girls were right there. All they got to do was hold his hands, laugh, tell stories, and have really positive memories. And it's like so many times we look at our rentals as a way to bring in revenue and, um, and, and meet our financial needs. But there's also gifts that we are given. And this, I feel like, is a gift for our family and also a gift for their family. And in fact, they sent over 
this little piece of art as a thank you and said to the little yellow house, thank you for your cheerfulness and convenience. We love you and appreciate you, um, Emerson family, July 29th, 2023. And so I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, but this is going to the little yellow house. And so another family story that Again, you never know how disability is going to affect you. You know, um, maybe disability is not a part of your life today. And then in your 50s or 60s, you get diagnosed with a progressive form of ALS. And um, you're used to vacationing every year. And this was the case with a Cobble family. And um, dad was, was um, diagnosed with ALS. Very what is ALS? Um, Lou Gehrig's disease. Okay. You know, the Ice Buck Challenge, Ice Bucket Challenge. That was part of it. It's a form of muscular dystrophy. Um, there are different progression rates, but it just takes over your body to the point that it's hard to use your eyes, um, right. your lungs. Um, it's a very debilitating disease. And so um, the Cobble family found our um, beach house with the Hoyer lift and hospital beds and, and the beach wheelchair. And instead of focusing on not being able to vacation, they were able to come to our beach house. Um, the whole family just enjoyed creating their memories on a vacation. And unfortunately, this is their last vacation together. Right. Um, and um, But again, a gift of joy and beach time and sunshine um, for them as they look back on um, the summer of 2023. And you give them that opportunity to celebrate life and build those mm -hmm. memories together. Yeah. I think I saw a picture on, on your blog of, of the gentleman on the beach. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you, so do you have it, to have it, fat tires for a beach wheelchair? Or? Oh, it is. It's expensive. They're $25. <sighs> Are they really? You know what? Again, my renters came and did a collection and bought that wheelchair so that every renter in our house could use that beach winter. In fact, a family just reached out to me last week, again, ALS, and um, looking at our beach house and said, do you know if the community has any beach wheelchairs? And I said, you know what, Scotty, um, you don't have to worry about that because we have one for you um, in our garage to use. But again, I talk about my renters and how much I love my renters. They are the best. And they are giving, giving of their appreciation. I get gifts all the time, like homemade things. I mean, hello. And then they collected money. Um, Tina Bright did this fundraiser so that we could have a beach, um, beach accessible wheelchair. Well, I think that's a direct reflection of all of the things that you are giving back to that community as well, because it really does take a special heart to be able to be so thoughtful and giving towards, you know, the, that community that might not be as thought of as often. So I think, I think everything that you're giving back is just a fraction of what you're giving out. And I can say that I think everyone is so thankful for that. Good. Well, I, I appreciate that, but I really do believe it goes back to knowledge and education mm -hmm. and information mm -hmm. that we all can make a difference and we make differences in different ways. And that's why I like the broadness of our focus, not just on mobility, because people get freaked out when they think about accessibility and tearing down walls. 
But with our cognitive disability, it's about blackout curtains. It's about dimmer switches. It's about being in a environment where there's not a lot of noise. And it may cost $500 at the most. And to boost your rental and bring in more revenue, but better yet for families who commonly cannot vacation, can now vacation together. I mean, how great is that? So we, we can make a difference in a lot of different ways. Hey, landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Cindy Caldwell, who I who connected us and I believe is also um, volunteers to uh, assess your properties on becoming rentable, right? Yes. She shared one little tip as well. We, we got, we, we want to keep this episode more big picture because you have such a heart and a knowledge of why it matters. So we got into more detail with Cindy on, you know, okay, what does it actually look like to walk through the home and consider things that need to be changed? And one thing that she said was just as simple as the door handles, like just like the one in your house. If it's the lever style, it reaches a, a ton of different types of accessibilities where if it's the knob, then you've you've limited some of that accessibility and made it harder for some people right there. I thought that was brilliant and such an easy change. Right. I mean, and also think about um, kitchen lights, the undercounter lights. Well, those really help people with hearing impairments because you're looking at lips also for the mm. visually impaired. So there's a lot of things that just go, wait a minute, I have a blender and it's not just for daiquiris and margaritas. You know, Uncle Jim, he, you know, I keep coming up with these names. I don't know why. I like <laughs> Uncle Jim. Let's stay with yeah, Uncle Jim. <laughs> he just got new dentures and he has a hard time eating. So we need to blend his food or Sam who has a feeding tube you know, needs to bring it. So that's one less thing that the renter has to bring with them. So if you include that in your description, that will make a more positive guest experience because that's one less thing that they have to bring. And as you know, and I know with three chairs and people and snacks and luggage that, you know, if I can do one less thing, that that would be be great. But you also mentioned something that I didn't mention that really is important. So we are a new company. We're just now celebrating two and a half years. But the cool thing, we have lots of cool things, but one is we're a group of volunteers. Not None of us get paid right now. Now, that's my goal. Believe me, my goal is to pay for, you know, be able to um, hire contractors. But this whole effort is been based on 21 individuals volunteering their time to create the social change, which, you know, Cindy is one of those. And she's an exceptionally valued volunteer because she and, and another volunteer, Linda, have brought in the OT environment. Who This is what they do. And, um, and so I feel like 
the guidance and direction that they're giving us really does help us make sure that what we're recommending is um, accurate um, and um, inclusive uh, and comprehensive. And I think in our intro call, I'm pretty sure you said that uh, ADA hasn't reached the, the vacation rental network yet. So there aren't any ADA standards currently in our industry. Is that right? I think I remember you saying that. Right, right, right. So we're working with the National ADA office. Oh, good. I'm trying to get the exact clarification. But there's this huge, you know, oh, we're ADA certified. Well, there's not such a thing as an ADA certified accessible property. There is not an ADA period short-term rental um, in the ADA system. Now, if you have a property that's over five bedrooms, there are aspects of the ADA that would apply to that. The other thing that does apply to all of our rentals um, is service dogs. And so service dogs are allowed, and we have a piece on our website, um, not emotional support dogs. Mm -hmm. The difference is a service dog is a trained animal, and it doesn't have to be a dog. It can actually be a mini horse. In the law, it says a mini (laughs) horse. I want to see a mini horse come to my restaurant. I would love to see that. (laughs) So, um, but it's a trained um, animal for the purpose of providing service to your renter. And you do have to, you have to accept that many yeah. horse in your property. Okay. Okay. I don't add on jokes often and I'm not great. <laughs> that's at usually my, my business, but I have one for this moment. That's perfect. Do y'all remember in Thor, the first one where he walks into the veterinary clinic and he's like, I need the largest horse that I can find. And, and they're like, we don't, dude, we're a small animal clinic. We don't have horses here. Well, where's the largest dog available? (laughs) I I just love that line. Uh, And it's cheesy, but it's like always made me laugh. (laughs) Uh, And I did want to talk to you about that. That's probably one of the last things I wanted to add into our conversation was the idea of service dogs. And on your blog, it said there's eight different types of service dogs. That's amazing. But uh, uh, landlords do get confused about, you know, especially those that are not pet friendly when they are, should, should accept an emotional support animal or a service dog um, and, and how that works. So d- can you speak to kind of like what the rules are there and what, what you educate others on? Sure. Uh, again, ADA does apply to your, um, um, service animal. And so if there's question, some people say, oh, it is a service animal. Great. Send me the documentation because they have to go through training. And it's like, oh, I, I, we didn't have to do that. Yes, you do. To be a service animal, it is trained and it's it's a lengthy training. You know, it's four, six months of training. Um, and so it's um, extensive. And so the ADA only supports that of a service animal. Support animals um, is a personal choice with the renter. Um, there is no governing law um, that, that says that you have to accept that. And it's really easy to be able to say no, because it's like, I don't want this animal in my place. Now, I have to say, my experience has been these trained animals um, that are service are a lot better than a lot of kids, adults, <laughs> I uh, believe and it. relatives 
that I know and take care of the house. So um, it's a very different situation than an emotional animal. And so if you're apprehensive about saying yes, then all you do is ask for that documentation. You're happy to welcome into your property as long as they provide you the needed documentation. And unfortunately, there you know, for those who are emotional, and there are people who are emotionally attached and cannot go out without their emotional support dog or animal, um, and um, that there's not anything to 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 govern that area. I I pulled up your blog and I found it fascinating just the different types of service animal tasks. Like one of them said helps dress the individual. I was like, what? How do you train a dog to do that? And then it's like um, people with autism, like navigating social settings and uh, children that tend to wander, which we know that can be true about uh, autistic uh, children, right? Uh, and, and maybe even elderly that, you know, are starting to get dementia or seizure, seizure assistance. I just think that's amazing how many different types of tasks you can train a dog for. So I'll put that in the show notes. It's really, really outstanding. My favorite is the dog going to get a beer for somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like Rover. I need a beer. And they go and what happens is there's a string commonly on the refrigerator door. And so the dog will pull it open. That's how they open the door is by, you know, a device like uh, not a string, but a rope or something. So the dog opens the door and there's a place where the dog can uh, reach those liquid refreshments that and they know you know, liquid, you know, go get a can and he knows exactly where to go and to bring it back to them. And, you know, the clothing is actually really important. Like I cannot get my sweater off by myself. I just don't have the strength and I can't lift a a blanket on me. I just don't have the strength to do that. So a dog will take the corner of the blanket and then he'll pull it up and use his nose to, I want to see the horse do it though. But anyway, um, that will, you know, put the blanket exactly where you want. For me, my husband's my service animal. And so, um, you know, it would hold this up so I could reach my arm out and then he would put it on my shoulder and then the same. And then I have my, my sweater on and it is a level of independence. So I know this is off track a little bit, but I have an electric toilet seat. And when we built our house in Raleigh, it's a fully accessible house. I would hear the first few months, knock, knock, knock on your door. And I'm like, I'd go answer the door. It's like, ma'am, I'm here to see your John. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I'd take them back. And these big burly worker bees would go and sit on my toilet and push a button and it would lift them to a standing position. And so over the last 22 years that we've been here, I've never had a personal attendant because I have devices that lift me up. Uh Well, the service dog, our service animal, also provides that that level of support so an individual can be independent. And emotionally, that's one of the hardest things to do is A, ask for help, and then B, uh, be the recipient of that. And um, it, it really is, it's, it's really hard. I can handle a lot of things, but it's the emotional part. And so that service animal is so critical for that peace of mind and that independence and happiness. 
And they're that. freaking cute too. Yeah. You know? cute. <laughs> a wet nose. Oh, you got to It's love. always like, can I pet your dog? No, ma'am. You cannot touch the dog. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I know. You have to ask that because it's working. Yes. It's working. Yes. Katie, you wanted to add something. What was that? Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of emotions and how some things are harder than other, I think at least my last question that I know a lot of landlords probably have is when we're speaking with a potential tenant or an actual tenant that we have that has disabilities, what are some things or some tips you can give us as far as making sure that the questions we ask are respectful and um, tasteful and that like we ask the right questions so that we can accommodate guests with different needs in the right ways? Like what advice would you give for kind of communication and making sure that everyone is respected and everyone's emotions are protected and, and kind of along those lines? Sure. Thank you. Because that's one of, again, one of my pet peeves. It's called people first language. And it's where you put the person first. So I'm Lorraine Woodward. I'm CEO of Becoming Rentable. I'm a wife, a mother, yellow's favorite color. If you want to get me a present, Oreos are great. And I'm in a wheelchair. Um, so it's, it's a part of who I am. I'm not wheelchair bound. I'm not bound to this chair. I can get up, transfer to the bathroom. I can, you know, get up and, and be transferred to the bed. It's, it's a device that I use to get me from point A to point B. So again, we hear, in fact, I was doing an interview with a reporter who asked me about, you know, being wheelchair bound. And I'm like, time out. Let's talk about that. I don't see any duct tape uh, holding me down on this chair. And so it, it's, and it's also asking questions. You know, it's, it's the times that we don't ask the questions that sometimes get us in trouble. It's like, wow, they didn't care. Or, you know, they didn't ask so that you can be prepared. I mean, again, knowledge is, is um, one of the most important things about moving forward in an inaccessible rental. And that knowledge comes from you asking questions. Knowledge comes from going to becomingrentable.com and finding information. But, you know, I always say, because everybody says, oh, there's not a bad question. Um, again, think about yourself and, and putting your renter first. And how can I help you? I mean, who doesn't, you know, respect the, the you know, how can I make this uh, meet your needs? Is there something I can do? Is there something that you're looking for? Like the height of a bed is really important to me because mm -hmm. my husband can transfer me to a certain level. And then there's a height of a bed that's so hard that my butt doesn't get to it if we stand me up and I have to pivot. So he'll lift my wheelchair all the way up. I'll go flat down and he'll roll me from my wheelchair to the bed. And so, you know, it's a little acrobatics. It works, but it's a lot easier if my, if we know going into a rental, if the bed is shorter. So you know, that would be something that somebody would say. They're going to tell you um, what's important to them because if you meet their needs, they're going to have a good experience. So just being open to the sensitivity to ask somebody, you know, how, what are your, your specific needs? How can we help you? I want to add one thing to that uh, for thinking through how to be proactive with your neighborhoods and your complexes as well is we've had a couple of experiences in Austin where it was a uh, medical recovery. They came in for some sort of surgery and needed a place to recover and relax uh, during that time. And 
one thing, things that I thought about and I, I, you know, I probably wasn't as proactive as I could have been, but it's good learning lessons, right? One would be trash cans. Like if someone's coming that's in a wheelchair, well, maybe you ask a neighbor to help with the, that weekly trash can, uh, system. Um, another one we had, uh, they actually were on the second floor, but the, the mom has a mobility, um, vehicle. And so she was leaving it at the base of the stairs, which we didn't know any of this is going on. So the complex reached out and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're seeing this around. Is it abandoned? Is, you know, is someone using it? It's going to be removed if it's not, um, you know, addressed within, you know, by Friday or something like that. So I was like, ah, that could have been a proactive aspect on our part. Like, are you coming with any sort of vehicles or things that you might, you know, need to store in certain areas? And so now they're storing it in the bicycle area or in their vehicle. Um, but it's like those, those things that if you think through what someone might experience, then you could be proactive versus reactive about some of that stuff as well. Anything to add, uh, for complexes? Yeah, I, I, of course I do. <laughs> um, but we did some research um, when, in our first year, and we reached out to the top 20 children's hospitals around the country to ask them about what what do they recommend? What do they do for families who have that early morning, you know, like 6 a.m., you have to be at the hospital treatment or procedure, or you have to leave the hospital because the insurance is only going to pay for one night, but you have to stay in the area. So one of the greatest things that you can offer and encourage your your audience is if you have an accessible property near a hospital, say that. Because I had the Mayo Clinic folks say, Lorraine, um, St. Mary's is the actual hospital next to Mayo Clinic that does the procedures. They said, Lorraine, we'll name a street after you if you can get some accessible rentals around us because it is one of the greatest problems that we have. There's only so many hotel rooms. And sometimes families don't want a hotel room because there's five of them coming, or they have these special needs that a hotel room just doesn't do. You know, the noise, the, the physical space. And so across the board, except one, Duke um, Hospital in Durham, North Carolina was our only one. And I, a la, a la Duke, I, well, can you see behind me my Duke basketball? Yes, oh, there I can. we go. Huge Duke fan, but they they did have resources in place. But the other nineteen, nobody did. So if people are looking at getting on your website um, and being a member, or they are already on your site and they are within five minutes, five miles, ten miles, put that down because that is an incredible market that is that is in great need. I would agree. When my sister was um, about 10 years old, she was actually at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota to have a pretty dramatic surgery and stayed in a hospital. I believe it was before the surgery, ended up slipping in the bathtub and hurting her. Like she like chipped a tooth and like just got like bumps and bruises and stuff, but it was right before big surgery when she was a kid. So I can understand, you know, the importance of that cannot be understated. So yeah, absolutely. If you have it, communicate it, no matter what it is. If you have the smallest level of accessibility or compatibility, whatever you have, just say it. And no level is too small, right? 
just be very clear about what you have. I also really like what you said a little bit earlier about just keeping an open line of communication, but remembering that you're talking to people, right? People first and just saying like, okay, it's so nice to, it's, I'm, it's so, it's been so great to get to know you. I'm so excited to have you stay. What kinds of accommodations can I put together for you? Or what questions do you have? What information do you need? Just keeping that open line of communication is, it's just so vital. So I think that was a great reminder to everyone. And remember to talk to the person with the disability and not their attendant. So many times, well, what does she Ah. need? Hello, I'm here. You know, uh, excellent point. You know, they'll ask my husband, they'll ask the attendant, they'll ask somebody else, but ask the person who is the one that needs those accommodations, even if they're young, you know, respect and and ask them, what do you need? What do you want? And so I'll finish kind of, well, you know, I'll try to finish. Um, So (laughs) another one of my stories, I love my renters. So we had a 16 year old, we had a family. Um, There were six of them, five kids with disabilities. So a 16 year old um, Gideon, um, comes out of the, the van and I'm again, again, I'm very social. So I'm out, you know, hanging out with my neighbors on the driveway, of course. And Gideon wheels up to me, he goes, excuse me, do you own this house? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, I want to thank you. And I said, well, you're welcome. What do you want to thank me for? And he said, this will be the first time on vacation that I'll ever get to take a shower. He says, we've never found a place that I can take a shower. So and he's 16. And I was like, ah. Oh. So two days later, I go downstairs. I'm on the third floor and they're on the second floor. So I knock on the door. And so I'm going in and I say, hey, Gideon, how's everything going? He's great. And I said, well, how's that shower? Eh, it's fine. It's like, dude, what do you mean? It's fine. You were just you were so excited like, about it. He goes, no, guess what? And I said, what? He goes, I can pop my own popcorn and I don't have to ask my mom for it because the popcorn's right there. And I said, well, that's great. And that's an easy thing to do, people. If you have the microwave over the stove, go to Walmart, buy a $79 one, put it on the counter. So Gideon was excited. And I said, well, was there anything else? He goes, yes. He said, the thermostat. I don't have to fight with my mom anymore because Ah. it's always so cold and she, you know, um, likes it cold and I like it warmer. So now I can go turn it to what I want. And so it was those things that, you know, he liked that he could turn on and off the light switch in his room and deal with the thermostat and have popcorn when he wanted his popcorn. And so it, it is those things that you kind of are surprised about, you know, how simple you know, it is to have a microwave on the counter. And now your kids can help, you know, do, hey, you know, somebody that's six or seven years old, can you help mama and go and, you know, put this in the microwave? Maybe not that young. But anyway, Gideon did, and he loved his popcorn. (laughs) That is such a fun story to end with. Uh, I want to give a reminder to everyone that uh, is on Furnish Finder. When you edit listing, you've got that accessibility section under amenities and wheelchair accessible is one of those. But when you go search on desktop, you're like, well, there's no filters. What's going on? Where is this showing up? On the app is where those with accessibility needs can go and check that box and say, I want to see properties that are wheelchair accessible. Um, and there's other filters on there as well. So if you're ever wanting to use the filters on Furnish Finder as a traveler, uh, then just go on to the app 
and use those filters there. It's amazing. Um, Lorraine, we are just so encouraged by everything you've shared today. I know this is going to be so impactful for, for many, many listeners. If someone wants to keep up with your education pieces, uh, where are you on social media so that they can follow you? Sure. Well, we're easy. We are becoming rentable. And so that's rent, R-E-N-T-A-B-L-E. So becomingrentable.com. Um, we also do certifications of properties. There's a big question about how do I validate what if my property is accessible? So if you're interested in having your property assessed or certified, come visit us at becomingrentable.com. And then you post things on LinkedIn. Where else do you post things? We are on Instagram. We're in Facebook. Or Twitter. Um, I don't coordinate them the, the that <laughs> Jennifer does, but uh-huh. uh, we're everywhere. So just search becoming rentable on your favorite social media platforms and there you'll you find go. it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, Lorraine, we really appreciate everything you've shared today. If you're loving our show, don't forget to like, subscribe, or comment. We are here just trying to share stories that can encourage all of us to be better hosts to our midterm rental guests. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye.